Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I did a video not so long ago about the feds trying to crack down on fake and counterfeit goods being sold by vendors online. And now here's a new one, and this is interesting because uh, Jeffrey Fowler wrote it. A whole bunch of people sent it to me. Those 10,000 five-star reviews are fake. Now they'll also be illegal. The Federal Trade Commission has proposed a new rule that clarifies what is and isn't a deceptive online review and would give it the power to fine $50,000 for each fake review. I'm going to let you know right now, uh, I have a law practice. I also have a YouTube channel, and I write books. And I get all kinds of offers of fake reviews. I literally get an ad that'll say, we will sell you reviews. How many do you want? Pay us, and we'll review anything you want, anywhere you want, and they'll all be good reviews. And I get those all the time. I don't get as many of those as I do some of the other junk emails I get, but I get that one several times a day. Several times a day. So fake reviews are ruining the web, says Jeffrey Fowler, but there is some new hope to fight them. The FTC recently proposed new rules to take aim at businesses that buy, sell, and manipulate online reviews. If the rules are approved, they'll carry a big stick, a fine of up to $50,000 per review, fake, for each time a consumer sees it, (laughs) which could add up fast. It's the biggest step to date by the federal government to deter the insidious market for buying and selling fake reviews, though the FTC's rules don't do as much to hold big review sites like Yelp, Google, TripAdvisor, and Amazon directly accountable. Uh, And just so you know, this story is from the Washington Post, and Amazon founder Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, so they're pointing that out that there's a, a little interesting connection there. You've seen it before, thousands of conspicuous five-star reviews for a borderline product. Perhaps even a merchant has offered to pay you to leave a positive review. This kind of fraud undermines our collective power as consumers. Anyone who's done any shopping online knows what it's uh, trying to actually get objective information about the product is so fraught because there's so much commercial misinformation with so many deceptive reviews, says the director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. As many as 30 to 40% of online reviews are fabricated or otherwise not genuine, consumer advocacy groups and researchers like USPIRG estimate, though the rate of fakes can vary widely by type of product and website. And the question, of course, is what is a fake review? I understand if I pay someone to post a review and they've never even seen my product, they don't know who I am, obviously it's a fake review. But I know back in the early days of one of the websites that promotes attorneys, If you got 10 reviews on that website, they would change your status. And so I know attorneys who'd call up other attorneys and say, hey, look, if you give me a review, I'll give you a review. And so the attorneys were reviewing each other when it doesn't really matter what other attorneys, especially your friends, think of you. It's more important what clients think of you. But the website didn't make that distinction. And it was actually a clever move on their part because the website wanted to get as much engagement as they could. And so by an attorney asking me to review them on this site, then my friend says, oh, I'll review you. I'll say, well, I'm not on that site. Well, they say, you should get on that site. And next thing you know, attorneys are joining and they're all reviewing each other. And I remember seeing some attorneys that I know are inept, incompetent attorneys who had dozens of great reviews. And I would read the reviews and see who they're by and they're by other friends. So their friends like them. Isn't that a great review? So there are global businesses dedicated to generating fake reviews for scammers and merchants looking for a shortcut, and the problem threatens to explode in an era of artificial intelligence like JetGPT that can generate 
remarkably human-like writing. Yet the federal government's approach to the problem has been to address it largely case by case through lawsuits. So the FTC's view is that fake reviews have always been against the law because they mislead consumers. But its proposed rules, which are open for two months of comment before they could be codified, would draw some bright red lines that clarify who's responsible and empower the FTC to take more action. So what's against the rules? Well, bad things would include reviews that misrepresent someone's experience with the product and that claim to be written by someone who doesn't exist. Reviews also can't be written by insiders like company employees without clear disclosures. But what about, you know, the review that gets posted by, you know, Chunky Lover 23? Um, is, is that a, a real consumer? How do we know? The uh, rules apply not only to the people who write fake reviews, but also the middlemen who procure them and the companies who pay for them and know or should have known they were fake. There are, of course, some great areas. <laughs> what if a business asks its real customers to leave them a review? The FTC says that's still allowed because it's a critical tool for f- small businesses to build an online reputation. The rules also don't specifically forbid giving legitimate customers a gift card for leaving reviews so long as they're not required to express a particular opinion. Though it's a good idea to disclose that if it's a significant amount of money. The rules also forbid a few more shady tactics such as review hijacking. That's when a merchant takes a product listing page filled with legitimate reviews and swaps in a different product that those customers never actually used. Earlier this year, the commission made its first enforcement action for this practice, fining a supplement maker $600,000 for doing this on Amazon. A business can't run a website that claims to host independent reviews while covertly selling its own products and services, something that happens a lot with tech products. A business also can't suppress negative reviews, such as by using intimidation or legal threats. It's really important to deter the practice up front so that people or businesses that engage in these practices know they could face a really heavy price, says Levine of the FTC. In addition to the $50,000 per case fine, the FTC would also have the ability to retrieve money directly for consumers harmed by the fakes. And there's more to the story, but I'm going to end it there. But a couple of things I'm going to tell you. I read an article a while back about how cutthroat competition had gotten on Amazon. And I I saw an article where they said that some people had figured out that if you post too many fake reviews, your product could get flagged and taken off the site. So what they would do is they'd quickly post 20 or 30 fake reviews on their competitor's product, (laughs) knowing that they get flagged as fake and the product would get taken down. And I read articles where people said, I had a product on Amazon is selling really well. And all of a sudden, I got dinged for fake reviews. I didn't put them there. Someone else put them there. And so that's, that's one problem. But this also brings up a point that I've never, I don't think, directly addressed. But I have had a lot of people ask me, they say, Steve, when the Federal Trade Commission or the FCC or one of these uh, you know, alphabet soup agencies in Washington starts passing rules and code, and so on. Are those laws? Who, who, I didn't elect the FCC. I didn't elect the FTC. What, what, since when do they get to pass laws? And I've had people ask that question, and they legitimately are concerned because they're thinking, well, there's a group of people in Washington, actually several groups of people in Washington, passing rules and regulations that we didn't vote for. How does that happen? And in case you're curious, it's perfectly legal and it's been going on for a long time because what has actually happened 
is when the Federal Trade Commission or the FCC or any of these organizations gets, gets put into existence, it's usually given some power to make rules in its own arena, its area of influence. So when the FCC got created, if you go back and look at the legislation that enabled it, it'll say the Federal Trade uh, FCC, Federal Communications Commission, is hereby created. Here's what it will be. It will consist of people appointed you know, uh, by these people with the approval of these people, and they will oversee this particular area. And they are given the power to pass rules and regulations within that arena. And that power is given to them by Congress. It's delegated to them by Congress. Now, occasionally, you'll hear of fights happening where a group that's been given power to pass rules and regulations will pass some rules and regulations that overstep their bounds. And then either somebody who's not in Congress or somebody in Congress will say, hey, you guys are going too far there, and a, and a fight will break out over that. But keep in mind that those agencies were created by Congress and, and with, of course, the approval of the president at the time. So the government has approved the existence of this organization and has empowered them to pass rules and regulations within that field. And because the law says they can, what they're doing is perfectly legal. So I've had people tell me, they say, well, Steve, a rule or regulation of the FCC is obviously not the law because it wasn't passed by Congress. Congress is allowed to delegate its responsibility in some instances, and that's an instance that's been considered to be legal. And so the Supreme Court has addressed this on occasion and has said that if Congress lawfully delegates its authority to an agency like that, that agency has lawmaking authority as long as they stay within the bounds of what was spelled out by Congress. I know some people are still going to say, but Steve, that's not right. I didn't elect the FCC. I didn't elect the FDA. I didn't elect whoever else might be out there uh, who's making these rules. But if the Congress actually had to sit down and write all of the rules for the FCC and the FTC and the FDA and and all the other ones, (laughs) not just ones that begin with an F, they'd have even less time to do the work they're doing right now. Um, some people might say, Steve, that'd be a good thing. Well, I understand what you're saying, but the point is that the FCC, as an example, they appoint people familiar with the various communication industries and say, okay, these people know more about the rulemaking and the lawmaking in this arena, so it'll work. And usually it does work. And occasionally I've seen some fights break out. I remember some fights uh, regarding rules that NHTSA had passed. And, and the car companies pushing back real hard and complaining to Congress and going, hey, look, uh, we understand that you guys created NHTSA and gave them some rulemaking authority, but some of the rules they're passing now are a little bit over the top. And so you can complain about it that way. But trust me when I tell you that the laws passed by these organizations are usually called code or regulations, but they have the full force and effect of law because Congress said they do. And so quite often, those rules and regulations exist in what's called the CFRs, which is the Code of Federal Regulations. And the CFRs get issued every single year, and they're often updated. So if you wanted to know what the rules of the FCC are right now, you can go look up the CFRs on it. And there's a section for the FCC and the rules that they promulgate, as I like to say. So there you go. But the story's from the Washington Post sent to me by a whole bunch of people. Jeffrey Fowler wrote it. Those 10,000 five-star reviews are fake. Now they'll also be illegal. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye.
Thank you for watching Leto's Law. The facts, although interesting, are irrelevant.